black helicopter crowd notion. The tyranny is always lurking just around the corner. It's crazy, but now they're right. Black helicopter crowd really is upset. The people are stupid and they're drunk. There'll be a revolution and they're going to lose. There are too many guns and too many people ready to fight them. I am a man of peace, but we have gangsters running this country. Criminals, gangsters. We're normal. We see total criminal takeover, the death of freedom. It is the most corrupt, degenerate, criminal government in American history. I'm trying to awaken people, but look at the morons around you. They're zombies. Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Black Helicopter News. I'm President Zen One and we've got a jam-packed episode for you today. Here's what's coming up on today's show. We'll be checking out five alien species that already walk among us. Also, FEMA to conduct drills in preparation of Nibiru's imminent arrival. Also, we'll be checking out a picture of the Kamoi River Cave Park in Puerto Rico. And this is a pretty good model of what Hollow Earth would look like. And it probably connects as well. So, we'll be getting into those topics and more. Before we get into that, folks, I just wanted to touch base. It is Sunday, and I plan to release this episode tonight. And tomorrow, we'll usher in the last three weeks of my internship finally very challenging as I said my final three weeks and by hump day I'll be able to say I have two and a half weeks left my final day is when Captain America Civil War comes out May 6th so I believe I will see that movie that weekend and that Sunday I'll do a show talking all about my last day and doing a big recap of the internship and a review on Captain America's Civil War. Besides that, I just want to say all of my listeners, I really do adore you and I have no idea who's listening. I want to let you know that. You guys are the best. I know you're from all walks of life and chose to listen to me. So, I thank you. And besides that, I also want to wish a happy birthday to Professor Martinick. Had some great classes with him. Early America and History Through Film. We talked about a lot of stuff. One of my favorite professors at NJCU. Gotta admit. On top of that, it's just been a real low-key weekend. Yesterday, I grinded on Elder Scrolls Online for a while. Leveled up, level 19 now. And if you want to find me, just so you know the character name that I told you before, that's gone. In Elder Scrolls Online, my character's name is Craven, the Grey Ghost. And my PlayStation handle is President underscore Zen 1 in all caps. So you can find me and even add me on there. I'm a very accessible person. Um, Today I happened to get, I needed new headphones. So I did go to Collingswood and got a pair of the knockoff Beats by Dre headphones. And I did so because I did quite a bit of research online and saw some YouTubes. They're very hard to tell the difference and the quality is both very similar. And even to top it off, yeah, they're both made in China, let's be realistic. So the knockoff Beats by Dre are essentially just as good. So I just wanted to mention that to you guys about the purchase. So I'm using them now as I record. I have, I am using them. I'm hearing my own voice through them right now. They're great. So I recommend getting the knockoffs. Besides that, I'm just trying to get by. Trying to make it through these next three weeks. Then as soon as that concludes... I'm going to try to get a job in September. But for the summer, I'm going to try to find whatever. And I'm going to include you guys in on the process because this is a very cathartic way for me to express myself and find my voice through the podcast. Thanks for listening. You guys rock. Let's just jump into things. Let me just touch on this. Robert Sepperher, 
He's liked a few posts that I've shared of his on Black Helicopter News on Facebook, which you should be liking by now. If you haven't, stop right now listening, pause the episode, and do so. And he's a great guy. He is intelligent. He's written books. He's written plenty of books. He is a, I guess, almost like a rogue scholar. A rogue, like, rebellious scholar. He likes to challenge and debunk many of the mainstream scholars in history um, of ancient civilizations and whatnot. He is a firm believer in Hollow Earth, as I am. He has studied the Nazi occult, as I have. But I am a fan of his. Anyway, I'm going to post this picture on Instagram shortly after this episode airs. But the caption is, The Kamoi River Park is a cave system in Puerto Rico. The caverns are part of a large network of natural limestone caves and underground waterways. The cave system was discovered in 1958, and there's archaeological evidence that these caves were explored and or inhabited in ancient times. It's over 10 miles of caverns, over 200 caves, and 17 different entrances that have been mapped so far. And that's only a fraction of the entire system. Many experts believe it holds another 800 caves. And only a small part is available to the public. So the idea that our planet consists of a hollow interior is not new, because some of the oldest cultures speak of such. Large cavern cities within the bowels of the earth. And even Buddhist and certain Hindu traditions talk about secret tunnels that connect Tibet with, with a subterranean paradise, a legendary underworld known as Agartha. In India, this underground oasis is known by its Sanskrit name, Shambhala, thought to mean place of tranquility. Mythologies also around the world, South America to the Arctic, they talk about numerous entrances to these fabled inner kingdoms, even occult organizations, esoteric authors, and secret societies concur with these myths. And there's legends of subterranean inhabitants, remnants of antediluvian civilizations that sought refuge in hollow earth. And assuming they're true, and the earth is at least partially hollow, how could life survive underground? How would organisms receive ventilation? Um, What about light? Photosynthesis? Are there known sources of sustenance available for a large humanoid population? Where are the entrances? We've mentioned some. Episode 1, we talked about Kentucky Mammoth cave system. Episode 1. This is something we are not afraid to talk about on this show. What races live on the inside? Author and anthropologist Robert Sepperher explores these questions and attempts to unlock their riddles. He's trying to figure out the mysteries of inner earth that have been mocked by mainstream academia, but I want you to check out some of his books. Check out Subterranean Worlds of Inner Earth. It's on Amazon.com. Check it out. I'm posting a picture on Instagram. President M1 at Instagram. Moving on. So FEMA is conducting drills, supposedly, in preparation of Nibiru's imminent arrival. A couple months ago, we mentioned on the show high-level sources we have within the Pentagon that have mentioned there's a buzz going on. The Anunnaki gods are returning, and they don't know what to do because, you know, we've got the most powerful army in the world, but this is a planet that is almost twice the size of Earth, if not even larger, and the people are all giants. Just imagine a planet bigger than Earth, a gigantic planet exponentially larger than Earth with a race of Goliaths from David and Goliath. 
If you recall back to the Bible stories and also other ancient texts, these giants were low-down, shady people. They liked to sleep with women, with human women. They liked to drink all day, sit around drinking alcohol, having sex. They liked smoking weed and opium. These were just pure degenerates. And that's why David had enough of them and he went out and he threw a rock at his head. And he was defeated. And that, at that point, it kind of was a watershed moment where the giants started saying, Okay, these humans aren't putting up with our shit. And that's when most of them fled to Hollow Earth and also on their rocket ships back to Nibiru. They got the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, so Langley, Virginia. Government insiders have alerted local news affiliate that FEMA will conduct a series of disaster drills in preparation for Nibiru's imminent arrival. Speaking on strict terms of anonymity, Department of Homeland Security officials say that these drills will include practice internments of select citizens to FEMA camps located in Nevada with the military conducting mock evacuations with federal government oversight. They plan on loading people on rail cars, similar to how Hitler did, shipping them to detention centers. Because that's what FEMA's doing too. And this is according to several witnesses in Nevada. Nibiru's also known as Planet X. It was first discovered and made public by Nancy Leiter in 1996, who claimed to have been visited by gray extraterrestrials called Zetas. And these Zetas gave lighter information about Nibiru's whereabouts and details about the mysterious planet's dubious plans for Earth. Lighter also claims the Zetas planted a communication device in her head so she could talk to them. Miss Lighter once predicted the Earth would be destroyed by Nibiru on May 27, 2003. He later revised the date saying it was a white lie to fool the establishment. Which makes sense. She did refuse to give the real date. She said it would give the world governments too much time to declare martial law and trap people. And that would just raise the death toll. According to her, Nibiru's on a direct path with Earth, resulting in a collision or near miss. Either event would be disastrous and result in billions of death. Billions. Billions. This would lead to the destruction of the planet. The small rogue planet has many asteroids following in its wake. Many will strike Earth, setting off global tsunamis. And this is not good, because I live... My town's name has beach in it. I live four blocks from the beach. I'm done for if we get a tsunami on a Jersey Shore. Volcanic eruptions. Following these events, the Earth's poles will swap, causing even more cataclysms. The date is expected to be April of 2016, which is... This month, in fact, this may happen during my internship, so I'm hoping Nibiru does not come back because I would like to... It's just not a good time for the Earth to end, you know? I'm trying to graduate next month. So, they also say, or September, so we may have the summer. Every day is precious, folks. Every day. Tell those you love that you love them every day. And subscribe to the podcast and share it with family, friends, and loved ones. They need to know what's going on in the world, and the news is not doing it. Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, they are a mockery of the news world. 
Nobody likes them. Nobody will listen to them or believe them. They are just trash. We'll be right back. Grammy Award winner and platinum recording artist, President Zen One. His debut studio album, Philosopher's Stone. Including the smash single, New World Order. President Zen One, Philosopher's Stone, the digital album. Available on iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Play, and CDBaby.com. Get your copy today. Pump up the volume and let the music play. President Zen One, new CD, Rorschach Test. Featuring the smash single, Project Bluebeam. Rorschach Test. Available on iTunes, CD Baby, Reverb Nation, and other fine music stores. You can buy my new CD, Rorschach Test, and Philosopher's Stone, both for only $9.99. Check us out on Armageddon Records Shop or on eBay. I've got digital download cards of both EPs for sale. Or just inbox us at zen1music at gmail.com. What are you waiting for? Andrew Robinson here. At Armageddon Records Shop, we've partnered with eBay to expand our operation. My goal is to find the best deals on the highest quality products and give them to you at the lowest prices possible. The New World Order wants us dependent. We need to be self-sufficient. Visit us at ebay.com slash USR slash Armageddon Records Shop. Books, video games, clothing, and much more. New items every month. Armageddon Records Shop on eBay. And we're back. Five alien species that already walk among us. This is on our good friends at earthweareone.com. Like them on Facebook, and I reposted it. So, Black Helicopter News, you can just cut a, cut to the chase and like us, and like my page. So, while it's often believed that most aliens are an unfriendly bunch, there's a few species that prove to be quite beneficial for humanity. Some of the more friendly alien species in our list of five aliens that already walk among us. The Lyrans. I think I'm pronouncing it. The Lyrans. Lyrans? I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's widely believed that the Lyrans are oldest ancestors. In fact, in fact, there's those that believe the Lyrans were actually the first humans to form a civilization in the Milky Way galaxy. The world famous Billy Meyer was the first to spill the beans about Lyrans. He claimed they revealed to him their origins and story. Lucky for us that he was wishful enough to share his story with mankind. They described their ancient past, and consequently ours, as originating in a far star system, in a star group, and where what we know today as the Ring Nebula of Lyra. That's why we call them the Lyrans. Many millennia ago, their civilization achieved a great level of technological advancement, ranking high on a Kardashev scale of comparison. However, conflicts between different factions turned into total war. The situation escalated to such a point that many fled and colonized the Pleiades and the Vega systems. The offspring of these colonies eventually began to settle on Earth approximately 22 million years ago and have existed here on Earth before taking off for other star systems. Some UFO researchers believe, like myself, that the Lyrans could be the gods depicted in many ancient religious texts. If this theory is correct, the Lyrans could be credited for creating one of the main influences in shaping mankind. They'd be credited with that. By most accounts, the Lyrans are depicted as Nordic, 
Sometimes in past episodes, I've called them the Nordic aliens. They're tall people, blue eyes, long blonde hair, and they've also been referred to in some circles as the galactic historians of the human species. Next, the Arcturians. After many eons of existence, one of the oldest alien species in our galaxy, the Arcturians, managed to reach such an ascent that many classify them as a fifth dimension civilization, the most evolved on Kardashev scale. Their home planet orbits the largest star in the Boots constellation and is located approximately 200 light years from Earth. Okay, folks, the computer's malfunctioning for some reason. Give me a minute. Millions of years ago, the Arcturians achieved the level of technology we now have on Earth. They now possess some of the most advanced technology in the Milky Way, if not entire universe. Now, while few people have directly interacted with the Arcturians, those who had described them as being between three and five foot tall, with large heads and big black almond-shaped eyes. Their skin is normally a greenish color, and they have three fingers on each hand. They really look similar and resemble Yoda from Star Wars, and this would be yet another instance in which Hollywood gives us the truth in the fantasy form to sort of inoculate us to the fear if we met the Arcturians. Now, if you came home one day and saw an Arcturian standing in your living room, it would look like Yoda, basically. The Arcturians look like Yoda. They're masters of telepathic communication, can move objects with their minds just like Yoda, just like the Jedi, using the Force. Furthermore, aging and the concept of dying, they've been virtually removed from their society. They have godlike development. And they have a fleet of starships that crisscross the galaxy. And one, one of their crafts, star, they call the Starship Athena, remained in our solar system to prevent a deadly cataclysm that would otherwise wipe out the entire human species. They're looking out for us. The Arcturians take their role as protectors seriously. So seriously, they're the ones my research is showing me that are responsible for the Black Knight satellite that we've constantly talked about back in episode one and other episodes. The Black Knight satellite has been orbiting Earth at least 13,000 years. Next, the Telosians. They're tall, blonde humanoids, considered to be the last survivors of a long-lost human-like civilization on Earth. Hold on, folks. Check, okay. So there are those that say they're the survivors of the cataclysms that sunk Atlantis and Lemuria, while another group of researchers believe they're much older than that. Their name derives from the ancient Greek word telos, meaning end or purpose, and it's fitting. It's a fitting name for their gigantic city of telos, considered by some to be located under Mount Shasta in California. Using highly developed cerebral abilities, their advanced society has been in constant contact with a number of other extraterrestrial civilizations, including the Pleiadians and Arcturians. The first person to describe the Talesians was Admiral Richard Byrd. In his diaries that were published after his death, he spoke of a secret North Pole mission which led him deep inside the Hollow Earth, where he discovered the home of an advanced subterranean race. 
Admiral Byrd wrote a detailed paper about this alien species and revealed they've been living in a few secret underground settlements until our nuclear bombs forced them to come out to the surface. He mentioned that in his diary from Antarctica. And this is a quote, Our interest rightly begins just after your race exploded the first atomic bomb over Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan. It was at that alarming time we sent our flying machines, the flugel rods, to your surface to investigate what your race had done. You see, we have never interfered before in your race's wars and barbarity, but now we must, for you have learned tampering with a certain power that is not for man, namely atomic energy. Our emissaries have already delivered messages to the powers of your world, and yet they don't heed. Now you've been chosen to be a witness here that our world does exist. You see, our culture and science is many thousands and thousands of years beyond the human race. That's why they've been able to evade disease and aging. They're widely known for their longevity. Many earthly shamans have had a glimpse of this. Next, the Alpha Centurions. The extraterrestrials from Alpha Centauri are considered to be the most technologically technologically advanced alien species in the, in the Milky Way galaxy. But at the same time, the species with the most destructive force, they got in this position because they're reported to be highly intelligent and possess a natural curiosity, which led to rapid growth in science and tech. Over time, they evolved into an, into an aquatic species with gills and webbed limbs. Some researchers believe they're responsible for most of the underwater and USO phenomena. It's believed they have a number of bases on the bottom of our oceans and lakes around the planet. They are believed to be benevolent towards the human race. Desire to help us overcome many of the challenges that come with the evolution of our species. They also communicate telepathically and their subtle influence is felt by us humans. Many researchers believe the Alpha Centurions promote social justice and human rights as they're responsible for teaching us not to abuse destructive weapons. And finally, the Pleiadians, believed to be descendants of the early Lyrans, the Pleiadians in some circles represent one of humanity's most active allies. Their home is the Pleiades Star Cluster, which is a group of stars 400 light years from Earth. They've always played an important role in humanity's cultural expanse. One of their chosen representatives, Billy Meyer, transmitted the messages of Samjase, a Pleiadian female who was deeply concerned for her fate. And she told them, they're neither guardians of Earth nor beings of God, and they're not here to watch over us or control our fate. They're only here as guardians and messengers. The Pleiadians were the first to warn Earth about the danger the gray aliens posed. Just in case I haven't made this clear, the gray aliens are actually evil. They may even be demons. They're, they're not good. Just look at those freaks. They're short, they're gray, big heads, big eyes. No, these people are evil. They look evil. They're running around naked. They don't even have spacesuits on. These people are just untrustworthy. The Pleiadians accuse the Greys of having a lack of wisdom and empathy and using inferior humans to serve their evil, remorseless purposes. That's why they say the Greys. 
have control over many people in politics and many celebrities. They're there using them, manipulating. They've fought one another, but in other star systems. Those who have been in contact with the Pleiadians claim they've been trying to free ourselves from oppression for quite some time. Listen folks, extraterrestrials walk among us. We just have to open our eyes to see them. Signs and signals, they're everywhere. People need to stop denying the truth. If they will further protect us from harm or decide to annihilate us, that remains only a matter of time. That's their decision. But the hour of disclosure is coming. So that about wraps up this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening and see you on the other side. <laughs>